My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Jesse Taylor. In early October, Clinic 554 in Fredericton, New Brunswick, announced that it would be closing. Despite the best efforts of the team of health professionals that run the clinic, under current circumstances they are unable to make ends meet, and they have put the building in which they are housed up for sale. Clinic 554 is a family medicine clinic, and its closure will mean that 3,000 people will soon be added to the ranks of those without a family doctor in a province that has a serious doctor shortage. The significance of this closure goes far beyond that, however. Clinic 554 exists as a result of community activism and organizing, and it is the only non-hospital clinic in the province to offer abortion services. It's also one of the only places that offers specialized care for queer and trans people, people living with HIV and AIDS, and people who are marginalized in other ways. The context for both the existence and the closure of Clinic 554 is barriers to accessing care created by the provincial healthcare system. Some of this is related to abortion services. Only two hospitals in the province provide the procedure, which has never been enough, and the province refuses to fund the procedure in non-hospital settings. At an earlier point, there was a Morgenthaler clinic in Fredericton, which specialized in abortion services rather than being a full family medical practice. It had no choice but to charge patients out of pocket for the procedure, though it subsidized patients who could not afford the fee. This eventually became unsustainable, and the Morgenthaler Clinic closed in 2014. It was in the wake of that closure that a group called Reproductive Justice New Brunswick rapidly took shape and started to organize. In collaboration with allies, they challenged the provincial regulation that placed unnecessary restrictions on abortion services, called Regulation 8420, and they raised funds to start a new clinic. They won regulatory changes which eased some of the barriers, but not all of them, and the funds they raised resulted in the founding of Clinic 554 in 2015. Clinic 554 is a full family practice that also offers abortion services, rather than just being an abortion clinic. In part, this reflected the more expansive politics implied by the group's focus on reproductive justice as opposed to solely abortion rights. It was also practical, however. Despite ongoing work from Reproductive Justice New Brunswick and Clinic 554 itself, the province has so far refused to start funding clinic-based abortion services. So it was hoped that providing the full spectrum of provincially funded care available in a family practice would make the project more financially sustainable. However, the clinic's commitment to serving marginalized populations means dealing with lots of situations where the kinds of care they provide is either underfunded by the provincial system or the provincial funding structure fits poorly with actual patient needs. So Clinic 554's business model turned out not to be sustainable either. The community responded immediately to the closure announcement. Members of Reproductive Justice New Brunswick, Fredericton Gender Minorities, and other groups, and a bunch of other outraged and passionate community members came together to form the Save Clinic 554 campaign. They expected 15 people at the initial meeting, and there were 50. 
The group is calling for a repeal of the remaining restrictions to abortion services in Regulation 8420, particularly the ban on funding abortion services in clinics. And they're calling for improvements to how the other specialized care that the clinic provides is funded. The campaign is still putting together its plan of action, but they have a few requests for supporters. They're asking people from across the country to contact their newly elected members of parliament to demand that the federal government enforce the Canada Health Act, which Regulation 8420 violates. They're asking people to tell the Premier and Health Minister of New Brunswick that they support Save Clinic 554's demands. And they ask people to watch the Save Clinic 554 social media for future callouts for solidarity actions. Jesse Taylor has been active in Reproductive Justice New Brunswick for years, and she's actively involved in the Save Clinic 554 campaign. I speak with her about the barriers to abortion services, trans healthcare, and other kinds of healthcare in New Brunswick, about Clinic 554, and about the campaign to save it. My name is Jesse Taylor, and I'm a spokesperson for Reproductive Justice New Brunswick. I've been working with Reproductive Justice New Brunswick for a number of years, and started back when we started the crowdfunding campaign after the closing of the Morgenthaler Clinic that initially opened up Clinic 554. I started getting involved in this particular work in New Brunswick because at the time I was a sexual health educator working for AIDS New Brunswick. I was responsible for a lot of the sexual health education in the province from pretty much Fredericton all the way up north. When the Morgenthaler Clinic shut down, the province was in crisis. Even though, in theory, you're able to access services at the time at two hospitals, there were a number of legislations that created barriers, and wait times were so long that sometimes patients weren't able to access the service before they were too far along for the service to be provided. Also at that time, the clinic in Maine, in Bangor, reported that 50% of their clientele at the time were Canadians crossing the border to access the service because New Brunswick's own services were not able to accommodate. And so we were in crisis, and that's how I got involved. The Save Clinic 554 campaign began in response to the devastating announcement that Clinic 554, which is a family doctor's office that provides reproductive health care, abortion services, trans health care, queer health care, care for HIV patients and other marginalized folks in the Fredericton community and largely, depending on the service, parts of the Maritimes, that they were going to have to close. And a large part of why they're going to have to close is because their services that they provide are either not funded, for example, abortions, or underfunded. So before we talk about the closure of Clinic 554 and the campaign that's coming together to save it, let's go back in time a bit to set some of the context. Back around the time that the Morgenthaler Clinic closed in 2014, what was the state of reproductive health care in the province? Why did the Morgenthaler Clinic close? And how did the community respond? At the time of the closure of the Morgenthaler Clinic, there were a lot of legal barriers that prevented places from offering the service. And so there was a significant part of what's called the New Brunswick's Medical Services Payment Act and a piece of legislation called 8420. This piece of legislation prevented abortions being paid for by the province unless they met a certain kind of criteria. And that criteria was really onerous to fit within. And that included you needed to have the service done by a specialist. So in this case, a gynecologist, someone highly specialized. And that was very unnecessary. Anyone who's trained should be able to do the service, like a family doctor who's undergone training should be able to provide that service. Also, you needed two doctors' permission. 
this was really difficult for a lot of people to procure, especially in New Brunswick, where you might have a lot of anti-choice doctors, but most of us don't have family doctors to begin with. The wait list for getting a family doctor in New Brunswick was years long. And so you were unable to jump through these hoops to access the hospitals. And at this point, only two hospitals in the entire province were offering the service, one in Bathurst and one in Moncton. And so if you did not live within those areas, they were very difficult to access. Also, those facilities do things like have uh, two-visit policies because they want people to have to think about their choice. And that's actually a policy that continues today. So this all prevented places like the Morgan Toller Clinic from being able to provide the service for free because the province wouldn't pay for it. And that meant that patients had to pay for it. Now, accessing that service is about $750, and that's not making money off patients. That's just what it costs to pay the staff and the equipment and to really provide the service. Now, when people couldn't pay, they weren't turned away. And so when that patient couldn't absorb the cost themselves, that was put on the clinic. When Morgenthaler passed away... Uh, and this is, of course, Dr. Henry Morgenthaler, the physician whose legal case was a key part, in conjunction with years of feminist struggle, of the full decriminalization of abortion in Canada in the 1980s. When Morgenthaler passed away, the clinic wasn't able to keep going because that ended up being subsidized, you know, by the clinic itself, by Morgenthaler, and the clinic had to close. And that's where we sort of entered this crisis era. So there was a lot of activism and a lot of work by the community. We had a crowdsourcing campaign where we raised $125,000 that was gifted to a doctor as a down payment for the clinic to be able to reopen and reopen not just as an abortion clinic, but a clinic that provided a whole host of services for marginalized patients, including trans care and queer health care, patients who our, our doctor works a lot with folks who are newly diagnosed with HIV and has specialized training in addiction services. They also provide a lot of sexual health care that people's own family doctors refuse to provide, for example, contraception. While this was also happening, activists also were demanding a repeal of the 8420 legislation that provided all of these barriers. And eventually, we did get a partial amendment. A partial amendment made some services and hospitals easier to access because you no longer needed two doctors' permission. And in theory, more people can provide the service because it doesn't have to be done by a gynecologist specifically anymore. However, they kept the legislation in place that said that services that are provided in hospitals are the only ones that will be funded by the province. And this doesn't actually make any financial sense, and it also doesn't make any medical sense. Clinics are considered best practices for providing abortion services. They are cheaper for the province, but they're also safer for patients, they're more confidential, and patients often prefer them. We opened the clinic with the intention to keep pushing the province. We thought that maybe there was a misunderstanding, that people didn't understand the needs of marginalized folk in our community in the hopes that we would be able to eventually have some more long-term strategies. But all we've been given by the province are band-aid solutions or meeting us only part way. So that partial amendment made it still impossible to like keep clinics like 554 open when just like the Morgenthaler Clinic, no one is turned away. So patients who can't afford to pay out of pocket, who are some of the most vulnerable people who need the services the most because they're even less likely to be able to access hospital services, that cost gets absorbed by the clinic. 
You've talked about some of the ways that the province limits access to abortion services, but what about some of the other work that Clinic 554 is focused on, like providing queer and trans healthcare, supporting patients with HIV, and so on? What's the environment in New Brunswick like for those kinds of care? So there's other pieces of care. Uh, often abortion gets talked about the most, but these other pieces of care are really important to us because that's what makes us a reproductive justice model and not just abortion activists or an abortion clinic. We really understand how all of these other parts of our lives, and especially our reproductive health and other parts of our health, are all kind of intertwined. When we opened Clinic 554, they began doing trans care. There was some services in some small parts of the province, but we have very few endocrinologists. And some of the services that were available uh, still required some kind of unnecessary components. They're a little backwards, and also they were limited. So unless people were able to travel to places like Duncan, you couldn't get services. And even if you could go to services, they weren't necessarily appropriate services. Also, in order to access things like specialists, you often need referrals. And so if you don't have a family doctor or if your family doctor is punitive or not okay with providing that referral, you are often left without care. What's really great about the staff at Clinic 554 is that they've been specially trained and have a lot of experience working with marginalized communities. They've also become a center of training other people to provide better services. And so because of Clinic 554 and the work that it does, doctors and nurses and other healthcare providers who also really care about these populations, who also are really invested in making healthcare in New Brunswick more accessible and better, are better able to do that because Clinic 554 is around. From what I remember of the campaign to raise funds to found Clinic 554, along with hoping that you'd be able to reverse the province's refusal to fund clinic-based abortions, there was also the hope that being a fully-fledged family practice would make it more sustainable than the Morgenthaler Clinic. What was the reasoning behind that hope, and why did it not turn out to be the case? So many of the services that Clinic 554 also offers, because it is a family doctor's clinic, are officially covered by the province. However, we work with highly marginalized folks who have complex needs, and a lot of the services are underfunded or structured in such a way that it's very difficult to fund properly, or they don't adequately compensate doctors and medical staff for their time. And this is partly because some of the patients at the clinic require longer appointments, and doctors aren't necessarily getting compensated for the extra time and extra care that they need to take with patients. And that includes the 600 patients that we would have taken off the wait list. Uh, and this is the provincial wait list to get a family doctor. Because my understanding of the wait list is that it's not just how long you've been on the list, but also your medical needs. So if you're really in need of a doctor, if you have some sort of maybe need for chronic care, something like diabetes, where your doctor really needs to work with you, you're much more at the top of the list. So being able to take those patients is really important to us as a community, but they also take time. The same with providing abortion care, the same with providing any sort of reproductive health care, any patients who are working through trauma, any patients who are working through addictions, and that extra time isn't necessarily compensated. We have another thing where even the payment processes are like gender is built into the system. So if you have patients whose official health records have a, for example, male gender marker, but they still need a PAP, it's very difficult for the clinic to be able to bill for those because the system won't accept it. 
And so then the staff have to spend all of their time and energy getting paid for a service. And that also takes time. And that time for tracking down payments also doesn't get compensated when it comes to medical abortions. Uh, Meaning induced by medication rather than surgical. New Brunswick was one of the first provinces to jump on board with medical abortions and claim that they were going to fund them. What they did was actually only partially fund them. So what's actually happened is New Brunswick will pay for the medication, just the medication itself, but doesn't compensate doctors for the time that they need to spend with patients. It doesn't cover the counseling. It doesn't cover all of the pre-work and blood work and aftercare and follow-ups that a patient might need. And so a lot of places are unable to offer this service, including 554. And it's not because they're not necessarily interested in offering the service, but what they've done is made certain kinds of healthcare financially impossible to offer or financially difficult. So right now, medical abortions are primarily done by nurse practitioners. Nurse practitioners are on salary, and so they get paid the same amount of money regardless of which service they're providing. So they're able to provide the service where someone like a family doctor can't because the billing codes don't actually compensate people for their time. You often hear of clinics that provide reproductive health care facing open hostility from people pushing a particular right-wing political agenda to the extent sometimes of harassment of patients and staff and the like. Is that something that Clinic 554 has had to deal with? Most of our hostility has actually come from the government and the government's refusal to cover care for people who are women or people who are queer or people who are trans. There's always been protesters in Fredericton, not many, but also protesting shifted a little bit when Clinic 554 was created and how it was created. So the Morgenthaler Clinic had a long-term need for clinic escorts because on days that they were providing services, protesters would come and they would need people to help, you know, help patients access the front door and protect patients. We don't see as much of this with Clinic 554 because we're a family doctor's office and nobody knows why anybody is entering the building or not. So some things have changed for the better, but we still face a lot of hostility and often that hostility comes from the government itself. Its refusal to act when we are clearly in a crisis is unconscionable and it's going to have a body count. When we talk about the impact of the closure of Clinic 554, we're talking about 3,000 people that the clinic serves who are about to lose their family doctor, who are about to lose access to services that they need, often life-saving services, helpful services, services that make people's lives better, like all health services. Those patients are going to have to go back on a wait list. So everyone else in New Brunswick who is on this wait list for a family doctor is going to be affected because they're also on this longer wait list. This also impacts everyone who lives in the Fredericton region because when you don't have access to a family doctor, you often have to go to the ER for basic health care. And our ERs are already clogged. Our ERs are already over capacity and have huge wait times and are not designed for primary care, are not designed to be a stand-in for family doctor's offices. And this is a problem that's going to get worse when we have 3,000 more people who have to access care in some sort of alternative way. After the campaign to raise the initial funds for the founding of Clinic 554, what else did Reproductive Justice New Brunswick get up to? Much of the work that we've been doing as Reproductive Justice New Brunswick continues to be around this repeal of 8420, because we still haven't gotten what we really need, which is a total repeal, not just an amendment. 
Also, a lot of the work that we've been doing in the last few years has had to slow down because unlike the government, those of us who are volunteering, those of us who are activists and advocating in our communities are unpaid. We do this off the side of our desks. We do this on top of our other jobs. We do this as much as we can, whenever we can. And quite frankly, we're exhausted. We're exhausted by doing the government's job for it. And that's not how this is supposed to work. Right now, we have a system that's built out of luck and privilege, and luck and privilege is not a healthcare policy. Also, I speak often as a representative for reproductive justice in New Brunswick, but Save the Clinic as a campaign is actually much more than reproductive justice in New Brunswick, and it includes lots of other community members and organizers and community groups, including Fredericton gender minorities, which are, I think, really important to highlight because their work is amazing and they've really flourished in Fredericton. And they're really strong advocates for our clinic and for our community. When the pending closure of the clinic was announced, how did the community respond? And what did it look like to start turning that response into an organized campaign? When the clinic closure was announced, the outpouring of support from the community was completely overwhelming and, in my heart, really not surprising. Because Clinic 554 has become such a community establishment. They are a space for groups and organizing. They do provide so much care and they provide specialized care that our community so desperately needs. And so when 3,000 people found out that they're losing their family doctor, people are really upset, but they're also willing to fight for it. And so we've seen a huge outpouring of activism, of a desire to help, of speaking out and speaking for the clinic, of speaking about the kinds of services it provides and how it's changed people's lives. In a meeting after the announcement where we were anticipating originally maybe 15 people, we had 50 people show up and want to help and want to participate. Everything on social media and in the news and on Twitter, community members have been telling their stories and sharing and calling, calling government representatives, which refuse to speak or when they do speak, refuse to acknowledge the kinds of harm that the loss of this clinic is going to cause. There is actually a town hall that's being created, a chance to sort of engage the community more and get community talking and sharing stories. Uh, and this town hall has happened since the interview was recorded. So much of this has been such a rush, and we've had so many people wanting to help. People have been putting out flyers. People have been talking to friends. People have been engaging with politicians online, and even federal politicians are starting to talk to us and talk about us and really recognize the harms that the closure of Clinic 554 is going to do to our community, and especially our queer and trans community. What are the campaign's demands? So any remedy that happens has to include a repeal of 8420, because anything else is a band-aid solution that protects Clinic 554, but won't necessarily help other providers from being in the same situation. In addition to that, we also need to make sure that any kind of fee arrangement or billing code that's provided adequately covers and compensates the service providers who are providing the service and covers things like overhead adequately includes things like the cost of counseling. In addition to that, we're also going to need to talk about how funding for some of the other specialized care that we provide is often inadequate. Since the announcement of the closure and the start of the campaign, what kinds of things have you been hearing from officials and politicians? The silence from the Department of Health, the Minister for Health, and the Premier has been absolutely deafening. 
the premier finally spoke yesterday to some media folk and, among other things, said that the closure of the clinic was some kind of election ploy. And this is a slap in the face to everyone who's about to lose their family doctor. This is a slap in the face to everyone who's going to have to look elsewhere where there may not be alternatives. Premier Higgs also claimed that the New Brunswick government is not in violation of the Canada Health Act. At Reproductive Justice, we do believe that the province is violating the Canada Health Act and people's right to be able to access abortion services. What we've been seeing at a federal level is more conversations about holding the province accountable. And this isn't just election-based. Long before the election was called, the federal minister for health came to New Brunswick to talk with Ted Fleming's, our provincial minister, and told him that New Brunswick is violating the Canada Health Act. We've seen an outpouring of support from federal party leaders, including the NDP and the Green leaders, talking about how they will support holding the province accountable. And we hear from Justin Trudeau just recently that he is also claiming that he's going to convince the province to support the clinic and to amend 8420. Unfortunately, Prime Minister Trudeau has had four years already to do that. The needs of New Brunswick is not actually news to him and not new. This has been an ongoing problem and an ongoing conversation, but we really hope that between those three parties, something will be done and conversations will be happening. We need pressure from all sides. We're often told that New Brunswick is a resource-strapped province and that we don't have the resources to have certain kinds of health care, but our community built this. Our community built Clinic 554. Our community created these services. We're not asking to build services that don't already exist. We've built them ourselves. We just need help maintaining them. What's the timeline for the closure? So right now the clinic building is for sale. Once the building is sold, we have to give 90 days notice to patients before we close our doors. So the closure is fairly imminent, but we hope that we can give people, you know, a little bit of time to maneuver. But we're in crisis and it's so close and we really hope that the government doesn't act too late. What would you ask listeners in other parts of the country to do to act in solidarity with the Save Clinic 554 campaign? So folks who are listening from outside of New Brunswick, I strongly encourage folks to call, including calling Premier Higgs and the Department of Health but also to pay attention because we're hoping to have like solidarity actions, solidarity rallies, solidarity pieces in other towns and other places outside of New Brunswick. If you can't do anything to support New Brunswick specifically, also show the organizations and the services that are local to you some love. So whether that's a reproductive rights organization or a queer health organization or your local AIDS network, all of these We're all working so hard and we're all, you know, have our own different struggles that we're working with. Getting involved locally is also a way of supporting and keeping the conversation going. I'm also really excited for people to contact their MPs and encourage their MPs to uphold the Canada Health Act. You have been listening to my interview with Jesse Taylor of the Save Clinic 554 campaign. To learn more about it, search for Save Clinic 554 on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week.